Let's have a show, Josh. Let's have a show on a Friday. Let's go. All right, I was telling TJ this, and and I just want to throw it out there. I I brought this up, um, saw it on Twitter last night. Just wanted to make sure that I made this very very clear because sometimes, Josh Helmer, sometimes maybe I can come across a skosh grumples. Right? Sometimes it can happen. It happens to all of us. Maybe you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Maybe the <clears throat> coffee water mix isn't right. Maybe the, the morning protein bar didn't hit the way that it should. You can wake up a little grumpy. I don't know if it's just the um, I don't know if it's the fresh air. I don't know if it's this the shifting weather. Maybe part of it is bedlam at night. But I'm really digging my Friday trips here to Riverwood. What is this, three in a row? Kind of digging the Riverwind Casino on a Friday morning. We kick off five straight hours from here, just outside of Chips and Ales. And it is a big morning because, as we say, good morning, Josh Helmer. Uh-oh. Very good morning to you. I, I thought there was Uh-oh. something coming up. As we say, good morning, Josh. I, I thought there was right. like another sentence coming. I'm I, sorry. I, I didn't I didn't get the full intro. My bad. Good morning, Josh. What's but up? As good I say, morning. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> uh, today, Foreigner. Rodney Carrington and Aaron Lewis tickets go on sale starting in the box office at 10 a.m. That's 10 a.m. Now, again, that's the rescheduled Foreigner show. That's Rodney Carrington, and it's been a while with Aaron Lewis coming to town. So, box office today. Get out here. Come by, say hi. Or you can go to Riverwind.com. And as always, you can get tickets for, let's see, who's coming up? 38 special Next, let's see, what is today's date? Why is everything running together? It all is the fifth. All right, fifth, thank you. Uh, a couple weeks away from Blue Oyster Colt. If you want to re- relive the late 90s, Gin Blossoms Tonic coming up in June. But some cool concerts. So, appreciate being out here on a Friday at the Riverwind Casino. Did you happen to know that? Did you know that stat that I was talking to Toby about? Did you realize that in the there's a couple of wild – I know the NCAA put out, and, and my buddy Stephen York sent it to me, but the tw- 25 stats that magnify how amazing this OU softball run truly is. So here, here's a couple for you. Here's a couple for you. Um, Jocelyn Allo has the all-time record for – Best batting average in a career. Her career batting average with a minimum of 200 at-bats was 445. Names in the top ten include Shelby Pinley, Narelle Dixon, Low Chamberlain, Sidney Romero, and then, Josh, there are five players currently on this team in the top ten of career batting average in Oklahoma Sooner softball history. Five. Jada Coleman is second all time. Now again, they, for instance, all five of these have another year to go. Jada Coleman is second all time at 440 career average. T.R.A. Jennings, 433 is third. Riley Boone is tied with Shelby Pinley for the for at number five, while Brito and Hanson are tied at eight. I mean, what? Let, let, let me add to it. Let me add to it. The greatest on-base percentage for a career 
is currently Jada Coleman by 10 points. We talk about the top 10. You have five Sooners who are currently playing that are in the top 10 all time. All time for slugging percentage. Josh, in, in, in the history of OU softball, the player who has scored the most runs is Jocelyn Allo. T.R.A. Jennings is already chasing up those charts at eight and is only eight runs behind. Wait for it. Grace Lyons, who has played two, well, not full season. She had 19 and then 20 got cut short. But a full season and a, and a handful of games. I mean, it's unbelievable. And then just from an individual perspective, Josh, I guess I didn't even realize it, but T.R.A. Jennings is currently third on the all-time home run list for Oklahoma Sooner softball with 68 career home runs. And I know, now I know with the Sidney Collazo's story, it's been a bit of a rough week for Sooner fans. And again, like I said, I I really thought it was unfair to single out OU fans. And I'll tell you what, I've been blown away at the amount of people who say, you know what, whatever you say, Plank, fine, but... I'm apologizing, or I feel bad about this. I'm not going to dig in and say, how dare you. So, fair enough. Anyway, it's been kind of a rough week on that front for Sooner fans. But, Josh, there seems to be this kind of resonating feeling that I usually have in disastrous or, or in amazing situations where it's like, oh, I just don't know how how long this can last. And you're starting to hear some of those murmurs like, this is incredible, and you know, it's kind of tough to keep that train going. But at the very least, sit back and, and embrace it, right? I mean, you got you got a chance that Alex Duraco is going to get her 1,000th career strikeout this weekend, that Tiari Jennings is going to hit her 70th career home run this weekend. It's going to be a challenge. Oklahoma State might be struggling, but you know they're going to get their best game. You know they're going to come. It's Oklahoma, man. That's what happens every single time the Sooners play anybody, right? It's like, man, this team is struggling. Then all of a sudden they go out there and they look like pro bowlers or All-Americans. But isn't it just incredible to see the numbers behind how special this run has been? What's up, Justin? Good to see you, bud. It's amazing, right? It's awesome. And it would be shocking if it wasn't Oklahoma softball. (laughs) And this program that's won a couple (laughs) of national championships uh, in a row and is tracking to, to do that again. The schedule, Plank, the schedule that they've done that, against is amazing right it's unreal it's not like and and listen you can feel how you want about where iowa state or where kansas is or where texas tech is but you're constantly in what baylor has been they kind of struggled the last few seasons but that's a top 25 team oklahoma state's a top five team at least you know they, they've been consistently. Texas has is back in softball. You know, that's a top 15 program, top 10 program right now. And then to your, to your point, Josh, they don't schedule down. You, know, it, you, you don't see Patty Gass in the offseason going, Gass, can you get me a William & Mary this weekend? Can you get me, I don't know, something that's kind of a layup? It just doesn't happen. It's incredible, man. I'm really overly juiced for tonight. And, and, again, I, we got a lot to get to on the show. Um, Heather Dinich is going to join us from ESPN. We'll get her perspective about the latest Pac-12, Big 12 back and forth. And Dinich is at 
the Big 12 meeting, so we'll talk to Heather about that coming up here uh, about 10 a.m. this morning. You know, there's a new addition in the transfer portal for Oklahoma Sooner football, and I I like how we're fighting over someone that OU adds out of the portal already. It's just I love football so much. I love college football. It's 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 so hilarious how people are going to – well, I beat Fair State. Never heard of them. We're bringing in guys from what? Indian Nation Football League now? What are we doing? Then the other side of it is like, watch his tape. Watch his tape. It's, so we'll, we'll get to that coming up a little bit later on in the program. But I know some of the luster, Josh, oh, and in baseball, right? Skip was on with Toby. We'll recap the highlights of that. But as we're here at Rivers, Riverwind on, on a Friday, is it okay that I'm a little bit extra on softball today? Will everyone kind of embrace that with me? Can we be okay with it? We uh, said what? A, a month, several weeks ago, we have to celebrate our wins. And celebrate our wins. Though Oklahoma <laughs> softball will not be doing that, we can, you and I today, yes, do a little bit of that. Okay. All right. Fair enough, then. Well, with that in mind, as we welcome you into the Plank Show on this Friday, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the matchups. Again, like I said, it's a busy show, but here, here's the thing, softball diehards, that keeps getting asked to me, and it's my question to you. The, um, those of you who watch it probably even infinitely closer than I do. Where's my Jessica Bames? Where's my OU Believer? True, you watch it. It's Sean, you watch incessantly. Because here's my question, Josh. Here's my not necessarily OU softball related, but just thinking about the opponent. You ever, and, and I'll pose this to any single sport, all right? There are certain times where you watch a team and you're like, dang, why is their record the way it is? You know, maybe there's some people who watch, you know, you go back and you watch certain halves of OU football last year, right? Not to, to make this always about football. But you're like, how did anyone, you watch that first half against West Virginia of OU's defense, right? And you're like, whoa. Well, that's that's something else. This Stutzman guy, holy smokes, right? I mean, it's just it's the reality that sometimes, unless you get that full picture and you want, you, you don't really know where the struggles were. I'm having a hard time from someone who feels like they've watched the whole picture of OSU softball and was digging into the stats last night, and I'm doing so throughout the game today. Josh, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. Like, I, I don't. It's easy to say, well, they can't hit, but yet their their average as a team isn't necessarily ridiculous, and they've got dangerous hitters in their lineup. You can't say that they can't pitch. They've got one of the best pitching staffs, you know, in, in not just the Big 12, but they're up there in the country. Like, I'm having a hard time because it just seems like it's a little bit of everything at the wrong times for Oklahoma State softball, right? So I, I always equate it to my golf game. If I'm driving the ball well, I can't hit an iron, and it's like I've never putted a ball in my life. If I can't drive it, man, those irons are cooking, but I can't chip and I can't putt. Days I can chip and putt, I usually can't do anything, right? That's me. That's that's my golf game. Welcome to my hell. But that, to me, is kind of what's gone wrong with Oklahoma State softball. They'll pitch it well, boom, they can't hit. They hit well, they can't pitch, and they haven't really had any games in which they've been outbombed, right, to where their pitching just imploded. Their defense has been abysmal over the last few weeks. But, Josh, I, I'm i having a hard time truly pinpointing, grasping, or understanding what's gone wrong at Oklahoma State down the stretch. And, and I say all this knowing 
that when these two teams take the field tonight, OU is going to get that maximum effort from Oklahoma State. And there's a chance that they're like Tulsa and all those plays they hadn't been making, suddenly they're making. And all those pitches they hadn't been making, suddenly they're, they're making and they're getting their, those calls. So this isn't by any means, oh, well, they're just going to get smoked. This is re- really trying to figure out, Josh, I don't know if you can pinpoint one or two things that have gone wrong for Oklahoma State because it just it, it's, it's been like a – it's been a bad run. I can't think of any other way to put it. And it started, it seems, against Baylor, and they haven't really been able to right the ship. Now, they were more talented, and they found a way to beat Baylor. But, man, from the Iowa State series on, dude, and two games against Tech were kind of the anomaly, this has been a rough watch with what's going on with Oklahoma State. Yeah, that into the Iowa State series, what started off a, a five-game losing streak and where they'd lost mm-hmm. six of seven, half of their losses have come to Texas and Wichita State. So that's that's probably right. the, the no biggest, shame there. biggest problem they've got. But, uh, you know, losing the, the back half of a doubleheader versus Texas Tech. And then, you know, obviously earlier earlier this week versus North Texas is where you're like, okay, wait a second. Is there, in fact – a problem here and you shouldn't get if you're right. as good as oklahoma state you shouldn't get swept by anybody no Unless you should that's the truth that's right all right we got a break so i, I want to hear 405-651-3439 or you can give us a call on the uh well i'm here at riverwind casino the riverwind casino jackpot line 405-329-9000 it's the plank show on the ref what'd you do last night josh helmer what was the uh what was the plan in the Helmer household last night. Well, there was uh, a tar Tarjay trip mixed in there. <gasps> oh, so you spent like two hundred bucks. <laughs> I spent I spent fifty, but uh, but it was good. I, was I'm, the plan to spend was the plan to spend significantly less than fifty when you went, or did you actually get out on budget? I think I was relatively close, so. I'm I'm gearing up. I'm moving in well a couple done. of weeks, so that whole process has begun of packing and cleaning, and uh, so I did a little bit of that last night. Taped the podcast. Good. Was planning on watching L.A. Golden State, and then decided, yeah, this is now no longer worth my yeah, you time don't have to watch that. Okay. I don't have a TV out here, which is good, probably on a day like today. But can, can I just guess what is the conversation on either get up? Or first take today, is the Lakers playoff run done? Oh, hold on, I can see. I can almost see it. I see Stephen A. Smith. When yesterday it was Russell Westbrook says he wants a ring if the Lakers win the title. Is Ant- what was? <laughs> remember we were joking yesterday. Is Anthony Davis the best player in the playoffs? And we're like, no, Jimmy Jimmy Butler is. But I mean, it's been pretty good for him. And now one day later, is the Lakers playoff run done? Am I right? Am I correct? I don't have first take on, but I'm guessing oh, it's okay. uh, is LeBron James washed? Is he? Yeah. Even though he was the best player on the court in the first half last night, I die guys. Yeah, no, no reason to talk basketball here today. All right, so the best way to get in touch with the show is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, which is four zero five six five one three four three nine. So I brought this up. I said, for me personally, I am all about trying to figure out what's gone wrong with Oklahoma State. And I've asked for a few of the diehards to help me out at 405-651-3439. And someone brought up a really good point right off the top. We're talking OSU softball. 
they're they're a really good team. They're an incredibly talented. Uh, they got an incredibly talented roster. Um, but since losing, and they play that whole series tight with Iowa State. But since losing on a Sunday to Iowa State, they've lost seven of what their last nine games. Now the two wins were a combined score of eighteen to one over Texas Tech, and of those losses, what four of them are an in extra inning. So it's again, it's not like they're getting smashed in any of these games. Smash, smash, smashed in any of these games, but it's just it's it's kind of been hard for me to go back and really make sense of. Oh my gosh, they're really struggling right now. What is it? And then it just seems like it's a it's a convergence of everything, and uh, the six one four writes timely hitting, and that's something you really got to dig deep on, right? I mean, I you have to go back through box scores and look at how they are in two out uh, advancement opportunities, things of that nature. But I would say on the counter of that, Josh, I feel like for the Oklahoma Sooners, the timely hitting, the two out hitting has been really really good for them this year. Now. I know it wasn't very good on Tuesday night, and I don't think it was all that great on Sunday against Kansas. But two-out hitting and timely hitting and clutch hitting, man, that's kind of been the calling card of this Oklahoma team. That's a staple of this team. It's a staple of a couple of, uh, well, really, feels like the last decades. Teams for Oklahoma, when there's a big hit to be had, typically the Sooners find a way to uh, deliver said big hit. And that's, of course, no different with this group. You know, I kind of thought, too, you know, we talked about Kelly Maxwell's amount of innings that she's pitched and how many more uh, pitches she's thrown this year. But in all honesty, I can't. I mean, she's had a couple of games where the walks have gotten out of control. Um, She had a six-walk game against Kansas walked three against Iowa State, but there's nothing in her numbers that you look at you're like, whoa, this is a problem. I mean, her ERA is still 1.47. Against North Texas, she gave up three runs, but only one of them were earned. Um, the only game in which she's given up a crooked number of earned runs the uh, since March 19th was the Saturday game against Texas. When they lost three to two, I mean, she gave up three runs on three hits. So, I don't know. It's just I, I guess maybe the point more than anything else, Josh, is I'm laying the foundation for what's going to be a tighter game than maybe what you expect because it's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. It's Bedlam. That's what this is. Uh, that's what happens here. That's what this is all about. Every year, it's. It's absolutely going to bring out the best in both teams. And I was talking to my guy here before the uh, before the show started. It was Rich, Rick, and he was like, it's Bedlam, it's, and it's Oklahoma. And Teddy talks about this a lot in football, and I think you're seeing it across all sports. You're going to get their best shot, regar- uh, shot regardless of what happens. Our shards in that matter, I guess. But I'm pretty pumped tonight. Uh Quick prediction on the rotation, then we'll move on, because obviously the softball talk on the text line is landing with an absolute thud. So what do you expect, Josh? I'm thinking I'm thinking ball gets the start tonight. Yeah, I'd say probably that's uh probably that's how it'll line up for for Oklahoma. I mean, 
Ball Be- tonight. Beautiful you that you could have a little tomorrow? debate. Yeah, right. Ball tonight, what, maybe May tomorrow? Nicole's had some good outings against Oklahoma State. And you know what, though? I bet Starocco starts tonight. Just a prediction. It does seem like at different points throughout the season that Patty Gasso and the staff kind of felt like, you know what, let's let's let Starocco have a taste of this. Right. And and she hasn't Oklahoma State hasn't ever seen her. Now I'm sure they've watched plenty of film and they know it, but it's a different world. I don't know though. I, I as soon as I say that as soon as I say that Jordy Ball has been the tone setter for this team, right? When you think about that attitude, when you think about that swag, it's, and it seems as if she's really found something since that kind of tough outing up, up in Starkville, or I guess that would be down in Starkville. But yeah, I, as soon as I say Starocko, it's, it's like a part of me. It's like, come on, dude. This, this has been whom they are over the last couple of years. It's going to be Jordy Ball on a Friday. And... You know, it's kind of wild to think that last year in Bedlam was the signature moment, Josh, the exclamation point for this team. And then, lo and behold, it ended up being one of the most challenging weekends, too, because you go back, you know, 365 days. I don't know if that's an exact number or not. But this was the weekend. This was the weekend whenever Jordy Ball got hurt last year. This is whenever the forearm got injured during a pregame warm-up. Not hmm. with anything that had happened, but it's kind of wild to think about what she is now, a year removed from that injury, and how she's been able to reclaim through a couple of maybe tough half innings this year to be able to reclaim her dominance this year. I think it's one of the neat stories from this weekend that I'm sure won't be talked about a lot, but we're a year removed from whenever she had to shut it down for a while. Well, this would be a uh, great weekend to go show that, hey, you know what? Flex the muscles that I am back uh, fully operational. I hear you. All right, 405-651-3439. What's some of those texts coming up in just a bit? But just, I am, I'm all in, man. I'm excited about this matchup tonight. I'm excited about this weekend for Sooner Softball and Sooner Softball fans. I think it's going to be a great one. All right, when we come back, Josh, your choice, all right? You, you can pick during the commercial break. This is Josh Helmer Radio. We can go with NBA talk from last night, right? There's always an NFL conversation. We've got baseball. Skip Johnson was on with Toby this morning. Plan on resetting quite a bit of that throughout the show. And, oh, oh yeah, there's a new transfer portal addition from Oklahoma, for the Oklahoma Sooner football team that may be a little bit unexpected, but sure as heck has driven some conversation on the interweb. So it's Josh's choice which direction we go next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back to Riverwind Casino on a Friday. Here is the news you need to know about what's going on here with the crew at Riverwind. The Showplace Theater is back. Tickets go on sale today for Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, and Aaron Lewis. 10 a.m. with the box office, 11 a.m. online at riverwind.com. So, get your tickets. I have a feeling that Aaron Lewis show is going to be very popular around here, Josh. Aaron Lewis. All right, you had a you had a very very tough choice to make during the break, and knowing that I eliminated one of them during the commercial timeout because uh, KREF.com doesn't quite yet have skip from this morning on the podcast page. 
which way would you like to go with this segment? You've got options. Now think about it. you got NBA from last night. Skipping baseball has kind of been taken out, so you're more than welcome to continue some softball talk, even though that's been the first 30 minutes of the show. NBA playoffs, or we can get to know a little bit about Connor Near. Connor Near. So your choice, Josh, your choice. Well, let's talk a little Connor Near. I I dig the tape. We have uh, plenty more time for softball and the the text line conversations okay, out there. Okay. The uh, some of the news stories that are breaking are pretty uh, interesting this morning too. Nationally with the What's Bucks, breaking? with what, the Bucks and stuff. What's happening? I, I, my, Brunholzer my, my got fired. Working right now. What's? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He got canned last night. That was a woge bomb late last night. Your boy was up a little bit too late. When you said the Bucks, I thought you meant the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? No, yeah, the, Mike the important, out the important box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, hey, well, watch out. Watch out now. Baker Mayfield is there, Josh. Be careful. Um, all right, so let's let's do this here real quick. I feel like whenever we've had our portal conversations here on the Plank Show, right, um, we have focused squarely on three to four names. And there's Jordan Tyson, the wide receiver out of Colorado. There's Keon Coleman, the wide receiver out of Michigan State. He took a trip to Florida State. Tyson was reportedly here. Trey Amos, the cornerback out of Louisiana, the Rajon Cajun who seems to be picking up offers like crazy. And then there's Troy Everett. He's the offensive lineman out of Appalachian State. Um, and, again, like I said, I, I didn't get to listen a ton to Locked On yesterday. Wait, locked in yesterday. Look what you've done to me. Um, and I didn't get a chance to hear outside of the first hour of Parker and Steelman. So I don't know, again, if this is a guy that's been talked about a lot on our station and on our show. But of those three names that we've mentioned, Park, uh, uh, Josh, I've never heard Parker and I've never and I've never heard about this Connor Near guy out of Ferris State who helped lead them to back-to-back national championships. Um, and he had he had started to get a lot of Power Five attention after entering the transfer portal. A, an All American at D two Ferris State, six foot two, two thirty six. So the measurables are there. He's from St. John's, Michigan, and here was among the other offers he had: Georgia Tech, Duke, Michigan State, Cincinnati, Texas Tech. And then Oklahoma offered on April 29th. Um, looks like Washington. Did I mention Washington State in there? Looks like Washington State was on his offer list as well, too. And just as far as stats are concerned, 66 tackles in 15 games last year, three quarterback sacks, and 10 and a half tackles for losses in 13 games in 2021. Near had 27 total tackles with two TT, uh, two tackle for losses. So. Um, what do you make? What do you make of the addition of Connor Near? Because, like we both just said, man, watching his tape is pretty impressive. He flies around, man. Uh, you, you turn on the tape, and he looks like he can play. Which, you know, a two-time national champion and an All-American at uh, the level in which he played, it shouldn't be shocking. But, man, I see skills, I see traits that can translate here. And I don't think that's crazy to say that. Um, 
and, and at the very least, I don't have a problem. The, the, the number one people I'm going, going to trust in this situation, Brent Venables and Ted Roof to go evaluate a linebacker, right? If there's something we should trust Brent right. Venables on, it's that. If they think they've found a diamond in the rough, and, and there's others that looked at Connor Near from uh, a Power 5 perspective that looked at his tape and said, yeah, this is somebody that can come in and help us. And so uh, I think it's – I think it's a notable ad. It's kind of maybe flies under the radar, obviously, as it pertains to a Desan McCullough or Reggie Pearson or others defensively that you've brought in. But even from a depth standpoint or a practice squad standpoint, here's somebody, Plank, that's going to come in and make this team better. Yeah. It, it, it kind of reminds me, in a way, of when an NFL team signs an undrafted free agent. And that's not to take anything away from Connor Neal. It's just you spend – and maybe some of you hear this analogy like, hey, that's BS. Let me know. But you spend a lot of time, if I use an NFL draft comparison, talking about the dudes you're going to pick, right? You get caught up in the first rounders. You get caught up in the third, fourth, fifth rounders. If you're a super nerd, the sixth and seventh rounders. Maybe you're watching to see where one of your favorite college guys get drafted. But inevitably, Josh, there's a name that slips through the cracks or doesn't get picked, and the next thing you know, you're picking him up as an undrafted free agent, and you think, okay, I like this. I like this quite a bit. I mean, look look across the NFL. There's hundreds of undrafted free agents that are making an impact. Tony, Tony Romo was an undrafted free agent. Um, I don't have to go that far back, but I'm not going to totally nerd out here. This wasn't a name that you heard a lot of people talking about. This wasn't. Um, a, a guy that had been mentioned a ton, nor, you know, when you start thinking about the players you bring in, you don't really talk too much about Ferris State. But I think I'm not, I trust Brent Venable's evaluation of linebackers probably more than I trust about anything in life. So if BV looks at him and if Ted Roof looks at him and says, hey, let's give this dude a shot, why not, Josh? He's got a, he's got a, as good of an opportunity as maybe anyone else they bring in. And – you know, I, I I felt like scholarship-wise they were right up against it, and I'm pretty sure he's not coming in as a walk-on based on some of those offers that he had. So I tell you something, man, I'm, I'm wholly and completely intrigued by this pickup for the Oklahoma Sooners. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know a lot about them. I did the same thing most of you guys did whenever I saw this story break. I watched the tape uh, or watched the YouTube highlights, <laughs> and I – Again, it's just it's a very intriguing ad, and I don't think it's one of those that you add, Josh, and you get too caught up in trying to figure out what it means, right? You don't want to say, you don't want to say, oh no, does this mean that? Like we did with the wide receiver, and, and the ads and the receiver side of things. To me, it's just hey, need a little bit more depth here, and here's a guy that's been productive when he's played, right? Yeah, p- provide some uh, depth for you. I mean. We'll see. I mean, maybe maybe he can be a player here at Oklahoma. I'm not going to go so far as to say that he's supplanting anybody at the top of the depth chart just <laughs> right. yet. But, uh, you know, again, at its uh, very least, if he is a significant depth piece for you, Oklahoma felt a need. They felt they had to uh, go address that. And here you've got somebody that Plank looks the part. Six foot two, 235. Yeah. Again, the offer sheet was Georgia Tech, Duke, Michigan State, Cincinnati, Texas Tech. So he he was garnering legitimate other Power 5 offers out here. 
And the tape, I mean, here's somebody that's going to be physical, going to fly to the point of attack. And, uh, you know, I, I love the two-time national champion factor here. I, I get that sure. you could He's say that was Ferris State and it's the GLIAC and on and on and on. But, you know, there's something to be said. You got a bunch of folks on this roster, everybody for the most part. Not everybody, but generally speaking, a lot of these kids that come to Oklahoma Plank were a part of winning in high school, right? I mean, that just mm-hmm. typically is uh, the situation. Now, it's not every situation, but typically it is. But to me, there's a little bit of a difference of, okay, now you want it the college level too. I like infusing that into the locker room. You need to get dudes that can – play and guys that know how to win and in the case of Connor Neal it looks as if he got both now here's here's what's going to be telling for me I want to hear what Teddy has to say after he watches him in person now we got a few we got a few probably maybe weeks maybe months before that but if if y'all are cool I don't want to get too carried away in trying to over-evaluate or analyze anything beyond just <laughs> it's when Brent Venables brings in a linebacker, you're like, okay, they, then this dude's obviously got a, a chance to be pretty damn good. Like when Patty Gasso brings in a shortstop, you're like, okay, is this good? <laughs> and, but it, it, I, I'm really intrigued to hear what Teddy has to say about him. 6-2-2-36, and as Josh mentioned, two-time national champion. Georgia Tech, Duke, Michigan State, Cincinnati, Texas Tech, Washington State, um, and then obviously Oklahoma on April 29th. And and did we mention, I mean, he's a D2 All-American, so it's not like, oh, right. they, they went and got this guy that's got some – garnering some Power 5 offers. I mean, he was a really, really good player on a national championship team. No, yeah, you're 100% right. And I think – here's – well, let's break. Let's break. I don't want – I want to try to stay on the clock on a Friday – and I'm hoping we can play some of this Heather Dennis and get Skip Johnson audio next hour. But I think sometimes whenever there's a late offer from an, an, an unknown name, the automatic response is one of desperation. I don't sense that. We'll explain why next. It's the ref live from Riverwind Casino on a Friday with the Plank Show. Right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We are on the road on a Friday at Riverwind Casino. The box office is opening up at 10 a.m. this morning. Tickets go on sale for Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, and Aaron Lewis. Um, it, here's here's the other side of it, and I just wanted to bring this up because anytime there's an ad like Oklahoma had late with the the Ferris State signee, in um, why why am I blanking on the kid's name? And I'm sitting here Connor staring here. right at the story. Connor here. I'm, like, literally looking right at the story. Josh, sometimes that response is, well, that's all you could get. Why didn't – if we really want to win, we'd be getting guys from Alabama. This is ridiculous. To which I, you know, I try to say, hey, I I completely and totally understand. But can can we wait until we see a guy actually step on the field before we start to destroy him? I mean, can it, can it be okay that maybe, you know, not everyone is – West Virginia is a great example of this, Josh. They went with the ploy last year of going with, what, younger 
grad tran- or younger transfers from the portal that weren't necessarily Power Five ads, but were players that were playing some D two, some were playing, you know, FCS, and it didn't necessarily work out for them. In Oklahoma, I again, I'm not, we're not trying to sit here and say this is the next Brian Bosworth. But I don't nec- I don't look at this and think, oh no, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. I think this has the the possibility to be a really good ad for for the Sooner football team. I think this is a coaching staff plank. We've talked about it before. They fancy themselves, and they should. They've got the track record for it. They fancy themselves a great development staff. They fancy sure. themselves as a great evaluating staff, and they've looked at the tape. Or, or they've sat down and had conversations with Connor Near, the person, and they've evaluated the tape and the person, and they've said, here's somebody with his play and his attitude, his work ethic that can help us. And really it's as simple as that, whether or not that is a starting piece or a two-deep piece or a three-deep piece or just a rostered piece. If it's good enough for right. them, it, sh- it should be good enough for uh, some Oklahoma fans. <laughs> No, Melissa, it is not pre-recorded. Yes, we talk a lot. It's a talk show. I don't play music. May I regret telling you to listen to the show now. The best way to get in touch with the show is to <laughs> hit it. Mel Cole, checking in from Bartlesville. She's like, you guys talk a lot. It's talk show, Melissa. 405-651-3439. It's the um, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 405-651-3439. Or... As always, you can pick up the phone and call us at the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000. That's where we're hanging on a Friday. That's where you can get your tickets to see Forner, Rodney Carrington, and Aaron Lewis. Before I get to the text line, though, Josh, don't you feel like, though, overwhelmingly, this is one of those moves where people aren't necessarily losing their minds one way or the other? It's just, oh, okay. Yeah. This isn't one of those names we had heard. I'm I'm intrigued to see what this can develop into. I don't feel like, at least from my Twitter timeline, I don't feel like you see people losing their mind one way or the other. Agreed. It's uh, it's not Panic City that you took one chance right. on a kid from Ferris State that's a two-time national champion. And meanwhile, you, I, everybody out there, nobody's under this illusion that Connor Nears coming to Oklahoma, and all of a sudden he's a, you just pencil him in as a day one starter, and he's going to be this Butkus award winner. Everybody understands the situation. Seems like. Yeah. Well, um, I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but just for me in my world, and at least what I'm seeing so far on the, on the text line, it's good to say, everything has just gone blank. This, this is the perfect time for me to say we've got to take a break. I don't know what's going on with the – this is why I don't try to make the adjustment, Josh. This is why I'm never moving to the MacBook Air 100% because there is just a point in the show every single time where it's like, yeah, bro, I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to chill here for a little bit. This seems to be that moment. I guess uh, – So it could – Maybe we just got to get you to invest in, like, the next couple of, uh, pieces, of uh, pieces of equipment up. Like, if we could get you a better MacBook – yeah. Hey, listen, it's not working, um, but listen, I would like something new from the new. Thank you. All right, when we come back, Heather Dinich, 
she was all over the Big 12 meetings. And does that stuff still matter? Do we still care? Are we following this? We'll dive into it next right here on The Ref.